you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Well, ain't you glad you made a decision to be here this evening? Amen. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm thankful. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing, amen, than coming into this, this wee building, this wee dingy building. Amen. Coming into unity with brothers and sisters. Coming in unity with the Spirit of God and Jesus himself. Amen. Seeking out his desire and what he has for this city. Amen. What? To flip it upside down. Amen. How many of y'all know that this city, they, they call it the city, right? But see, Jesus wants to call it the city as well, but he wants to change it. He wants it to be this city that is set upon the hill. He doesn't want it just to be a city or the city up in the northwest. He wants it to be the city that is set upon a hill, a beacon to all the northwest, to all the northwest. This, this is what God is desiring to do for this place, amen? But I'm telling you, he's looking for some like-minded believers. He's looking for some people that will get hooked up with him, have an expectation that he will change you, change the church, amen, and allow us to change this city. Amen. Because I mean, you know, we're going to be the ones that do it. You know, people, oh, Jesus, Jesus, I need you to change things. No, no, Jesus saying, I need you to get hooked up with me so you can begin to change things. Amen. See, Jesus needs you. He needs you to get hooked up. He needs you to, to begin to start believing God. He needs to, you, amen, to start by becoming the church, being the church, standing out, getting out, and doing what he's asking you to do. Amen. I'm telling you, God's looking for some believers. I mean, I'm going to need believers in this house. I mean, see, I know the church is full of doubters. I mean, the church is full of doubters and unbelievers. I mean, I'm telling you, church, he is looking for some, some people to get in faith, get in belief with what he's doing. Why? Because he is desiring to bring in the greatest revival this world has ever seen. Amen. And where is that going to start? It's going to start with you, Daniel. Amen. It's going to start with you, John and John. Amen. It's going to start with each and every one of you in here that will begin to, to get hooked up with the things of God. Amen. They'll get hooked up. They'll start walking away from the carnal things and getting hooked up with what he has. Amen. Amen. But, but are you desiring? Are you wanting it? Hmm? Hmm. Man, this word motivation has been stirring up in my heart here lately. What is our motivation? Amen. We've got to get motivated. <laughs> We got to get motivated with the word. We got to get motivated with the kingdom. Amen. Allow things to change. Tomorrow, will you just pull me down just a wee bit there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We just finished our series on the elementary doctrines of Christ. 19 weeks we've been teaching on that subject. 19 weeks. Amen. Did any of y'all get anything out of that? Amen. Seems like we drove a few people out of here on it, but I'm telling you, I got some things on it. I mean, every time we start laying foundations on the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, church, it, it gets me excited. It gets me, it gets me excited. Why? Because it starts solidifying things that the, that the Lord's been sowing on the inside of me for years. Amen. We need to bring these things back into remembrance. I mean, just like we talked about last week, we, we have a, a strong foundation, but just as Paul says, or the Holy Ghost through Paul says, we need to be mindful what we lay upon that foundation. Amen? We don't want to be laying things upon that foundation that's going to get burnt up. Amen? That's going to disappear when we, when we get in front of the judgment seat of Christ, when we get to meet Jesus face to face, eye to eye, mouth to mouth with the living God. Woo-hoo-hoo! 
I'm telling you, good days are coming. Good days are coming. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I'll answer that. You know, so many people may ask, they say, you know, how come, Brother Jason here, how come every time he comes up, he says, he says, welcome. You know, like he's all excited that people will come to Sunday church, amen. And then I get up and I say, I say, aren't you glad you, you showed up? Aren't you glad you made that decision? Because like Jason says, it's the greatest decision you probably ever made. Amen. Why do I say these things? Why are we saying these things? Listen, I, I, I i got to tell you, I'm not saying this to, to, for you to exalt yourself like, oh, man, praise God. There's, not, there's probably, I don't know, of hardly anyone else in church this Sunday evening here on this whole island, but glory to God, I'm here. That's, that's not why we're saying those things. We're not saying these things to be legalistic. Amen. Like, oh, I checked off the box. Now, now everything's going to be perfect, and God's going to do the things that I wanted to do because I showed up and I did these things. I'm not saying it because of that. And I'm definitely not saying it because, you know, you're, you know hopefully you're, you're, you're thankful that you came to some social occasion. Amen. Glory to God, you get to come hang out with me for a couple hours. Amen. I know better than that. I irritate more people. Amen. That enjoy being in my presence. Amen. But see, I'm okay with that. You say, why is that? Because Jesus told me that these things are going to be coming. Amen. He says, listen, if you're going to follow me, he says, don't worry about those things. People hated me before they hated you. Amen. So what, what, why we should be more, should we be more like the world and be loved by everyone? We should be more like Jesus. Amen. And be hated by the world. Hmm? I'm telling you, church, we ought to be unashamedly preaching the word of God. Hmm? I'm saying the world ought to have a hard time being around us. Your family, if they're not saved, they ought to have a hard time being around you. Why? Because you radiate the kingdom of God. Amen. It ought to be stirring something. It ought to be bringing a conviction on the inside of them. Anytime they're in your presence. Whew. Why? Because we're different. We're a different people. I mean, God has made us absolutely new. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, I'd say my purpose... My purpose in this is doesn't coming into the presence of God, allowing the word of God, doesn't it bring a, a joy into your life when these things come forth? You know, I was asking my son this on the way up here. I said, can you sense when the presence of God came into that, into that church this morning? Amen. Are you, are you guys getting that sensitive to the spirit that you can just, you can just sense when, when Jesus walks into the room or when the Holy Spirit begins to just brood over the congregation. Amen. And starts speaking to you, starts you know, putting some pressure on you, starts loving on you. I'm telling you, this, this is that place that we need to be getting to go. And listen, this is, this is what I live for. I mean, I live for his presence. I live to get, to get utterly changed by his word and by his presence and everything. I'm telling you, I love correction by the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's him doing it. He's shaping me in to be like him. Amen. Like my Lord, my Savior. I mean, I love these things. I love the presence of God. I mean, see, if the church would come to this place where we'd start desiring his presence and his word over everything outside of it, I mean, it, it changed the church. I mean, see, every church in this city, every church in this, in this island, I'm telling you, it'd be filled to the rafters. You couldn't get people out of it. Why? Because the Prince of God will change you. Yes. You know, as I, as I say, 
as I say, there's something I've been wanting to put on the back of our wall there in Dundalk, and I will be putting it on the wall here on our church down the street when it gets completed. And I, it, it's a simple phrase. His, his presence and his word will change everything. It will change you. It will change everything about you. Amen. If you, if you permit, if you'll desire it, if, you'll, if you will seek after it. Amen. Mm. Amen. You know, coming off the backside of talking about end times, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place here, but just kind of go with me here. You know, we were talking about end times for the last couple weeks, and, you know, and there's this phrase that people like to say over and over again, you know, Jesus is coming. You know, Jesus, Jesus is almost here. Jesus is almost here. And I'm telling you, you know, Jesus is coming. And he's coming soon. Amen. I'm one of those people. I, I say that quite often. You say, why is that? Because I believe it with, with my heart and with my soul. Amen. That Jesus is real close. We are on that generation. I believe that we'll see him come down here to take his church. You, I, why do I say that? Because of the prophecies that have been fulfilled. Because of things that have been spoken in this word that have been fulfilled. Amen. You say, what are those? We've talked about them a couple weeks ago. Amen. The temple baths around Jerusalem, they've been filled the first time in 2,000 years. Amen. They found, they found fish in the Dead Sea, something that was prophesied that take place before the king comes. Amen. They have foxes that are found this year on the temple mount. That was in Lamentations. Another thing that's been prophesied. I'm telling you, church, is one after another. 173 different predatory birds have been found since 2008 sitting in Israel right now. Why? Because the cleanup crew is coming there for when the Ezekiel 38 war comes and then the battle of Armageddon. Why? Because they, they're going to clean up all the dead bodies that try to rise up against Jesus, against the church, against Israel. And I'm telling you, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy had been fulfilled. Amen. Why? Because I believe we are in that generation. Jesus is coming soon. But see, the problem I have with us talking about this statement all the time is we say Jesus is coming soon. But most of the church and most ministers nowadays think, you know what that is? That means we're just going to sit down and we're going to sit back. We're going to do nothing. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. Why do I need to go do that? Why do I need to work? Why do I need to do this? I'm telling you, we just talked about it as, you know, as the Holy Ghost. And that maybe that's why he was saying that about our secular jobs that we're working. And they're not secular. That's your ministry. Amen. That's, that's your opportunity to minister life into a dying and a hurting world. Amen. This isn't a time to sit back just because Jesus is coming here. Just like Joe Morris would say, no, it's, this is like the two minute drill. It's time to get serious. It's time to get pressed in. Why? Because he is coming back and we got a job to do. Amen. We have a job to do. And we say, what is that? Church, we're all called to be part of the Great Commission. Not just me, not just Jason, not just John. We're all called to participate in this. You say, well, how am I going to participate? I'm not a preacher. Listen, listen, there, there are goers and there are senders. I mean, there are people that go around the world and preach the gospel. There's people that send. There's people that send and people that go. There's, there's people that play a post. But listen, listen, you're either one of the two or you're both of them if you're in the church. Amen. We are going to get trained up. Why? So we can minister into our families. So we can minister into our neighbors. Amen. Where we can drag people to church kicking and screaming. Why? So they can get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and they can begin to change things around them. Why? This is our job. We want to change this city. We better get serious about the things of God. We better get serious about the things of God. Whew. As far as eschatology goes, you've probably figured this out by now. 
I'm a, I am a, see how the, 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 the good way of saying this, I am a, a pre-tribulation rapture futurist. Amen? See, there's four different ways you can describe eschatology. Say, what is eschatology? It's a, it's a fancy theological term that just means the study of end times. I mean, you can be a preterist, you can be a historist, you can be a, a spiritualist, you can be a futurist. I, be, I believe, just like probably most of us in here, that everything that happens after chapter 3 in Revelations, amen, is happening in the future. It's happening not right, it hadn't already happened in the past, it's not happening as we speak. It is happening, it's coming, amen. It's, it's things that are coming in the future. That future may be a week away from now, it may be a hundred years from now, amen, but it, but it is coming, amen. The things haven't happened yet. Amen. But even though I believe in the rapture, even though I believe that, that each and every one of us, no, I don't say I believe, I know that each and every one of us in here are going to be snatched away, amen, to go up with our king for seven years, amen, as the tribulation takes place here and we go back into seven years of Old Testament time. Listen, this isn't a reason for us to stop and do anything and do nothing. It's a time for you to do anything. As John Osteen would say, as their missions director would say, listen, do something, at least you do nothing. Amen? Why? Because if we're not doing something, listen, you're doing a whole lot of nothing. Amen? We need to get, we need to get hooked up, amen, with what, the, with what the Lord's trying to do in here, amen? I'm telling you, we need to get hooked up. We need to get hooked up. You say, why is that? Because there's a lot of people out there dying with sickness and disease out there. Y'all know that? You can walk down these streets. People are dying with COVID, dying with cancer. Satan putting all kinds of things on people. Amen. I was sitting there riding bikes with my, with my kids the other day down, the, down that beautiful trail alongside the, the Full River. And I, I noticed these people that had, that had uh, these little yellow or orange vests on. And I think it says something like full rescue or, or, or something like that on the back of their vest. And I was sitting there and I, I, I stopped them. And I said, you know, you know what, what, what is it that you guys are doing? Why, what are you guys walking around the river for? And they said, they said oh, we're, 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 trying to, we're, we're the rescue team. I said, well, what are you a rescue team for? They said, we're, we're rescue for people that jump the bridge. Or we're, we're a suicide prevention team. And I said, we have that in this, in the, up here in the north as well as we do down south? And they said, oh, yeah. I said, that is a foul spirit from hell. I'm telling you, church, do we understand that? I mean, this, this spirit of suicide that is rampant upon this island, it is a spirit from hell, amen, that is tormenting people. And you know what, you know, you know, you know who has the answer for it? You do, Claire. You do. You do. And you do. We are the ones that have this answer. See, see, thank God for these people that are going around trying to help people from jumping off a bridge. But, but listen, we got the thing that will stop them from ever walking up there again. And then you say, what is that? We have life on the inside of us that we can reveal to them. That listen, listen, the things that they think that are so bad right now, they're not bad. All they got to do is get a little taste of Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, all these things will disappear from them. Amen. We, got, we have got to get into that place. Amen. To where we can heal the sick. I mean, I'm, I don't know how many people that have had COVID that I've laid my hands upon for healing. I, can't, I don't even know how many it's been. I don't know how many people that have, 
Mm, I'll let that one. I'll let that one go, Lord. I don't know how many people that that have had issues with other things. Amen. Regarding regarding COVID, that I've laid hands on. I'm telling you, why? Why? Why would you lay hands on people that have COVID? Don't you know it's something that's supposed to be destroying the world? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. You say, why is that? Because I know what the Word of God says. We have authority over these things. We have the answer to these things. Amen. Oh, come on, church. We, we need to get serious about the things of God. I'm going to tell you, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to, I don't want to offend anyone in here, <laughs> uh, which I'm prone to do at times. I don't want to offend anyone in here. Amen. Because it's not, it's not my business whether people got a vaccine or whether they didn't get a vaccine. Listen, I, it doesn't matter to me if you do or if you don't. Amen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you one way to do it. I tell people to be led by the spirit and everything that they're doing, but I will tell you, amen. If you think a vaccine is going to change this world, if it's going to, if it is going to push away sickness and disease across the world, I'm telling you, you're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. Amen. You say, well, it may fix COVID, but listen, adversaries going to come up with something different. I mean, these are going to come up with something different and these are going to come up with something different. These are going to come up with something different and these are going to come up with something different. Listen, the only thing that's going to change sickness and disease in this world is you. Amen. Is the church. It's the body of Christ. It's walking in the power and the fullness of the authority that he's placed on the inside of us. Church, I'm telling you, we need, we need, to, we need to get our thinking right. We need to stop relying on, on man and what they're doing for us and begin to believe what the word of God says because we have the answer. We are the ones that have the answer. Glory to God. Amen. If we're going to start participating in this harvest, church, we better, we, better, we better start expecting it. Start knowing that you can do something about it. Hmm? See, this is what Jesus was, was preparing us for. See, he was preparing the church when he was talking to his disciples. Amen. In John, in John chapter 4, verses 35, he, said, he says, stop, stop, stop looking and saying, you know, that, that harvest in four months is going to be harvest time. He says, I say, open up your eyes. Open up your spiritual eyes. Amen. And see that the, that it, that the, the fields are white. The, the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready right now. Amen. So we could have planted a church in any city in this island. Any city. The Lord said, go plant a church. What do we do? We went praying, seeking where the Lord desired for us to plant a church. Amen. But where did the Lord bring us to? Because listen, this isn't the place we were trying to go to. We wanted to go to something a little closer to Dundalk. Amen. But the Lord kept pushing us, kept on leaning us. Why? Why? Because the harvest is ripe here. Amen. I'm telling you about the spirit of God. We need to open up our eyes. Amen. And see that the fields are white right now. They're right. They're white right now, ready for you to participate in the harvest. Amen. As another translation says there in Matthew 9, 37, you know, Jesus talking, he said, he said, um, he said to his disciples that the harvest is plenteous, right? The, The harvest is plentiful. Man, there's, there's loads of a harvest to take place. He goes, but the laborers are few. He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers. Why is that? Because there's 7 billion people somewhere like that. 7 billion people in this world estimate what 1.8 billion Christians. Man, there might be a lot of Christians in this world, but there's not a lot of laborers. There's a lot of people sitting back doing nothing for the kingdom. Amen. But that, that's not this group. 
Amen. That's not us. That's not what, that's not what we're called to do. Amen. We're not the ones sitting back doing nothing. Listen, we are the laborers. Amen. Pushing forth for what God has for us. Amen. I mean, I've, I may have said this before in this church. Listen, listen, this has been prophesied over my, over my wife and I that we will participate in the harvest, that, that the things that we're putting our hands to, it's going to help usher in the harvest, amen, that the plants, that uh, churches that are going to get planted, the leaders that are going to re- get raised up, the people that are going get, to get saved, listen, it will help bring forth into the harvest. So, so I'm going to tell you guys, if you want to hang around these two yanks, amen, I'm telling you, you're not just going to see the harvest come take place. Listen, your hands are going to get dirty. I mean, your hands are, are going to say, you're going to start reaping the harvest yourself. Why? Because it's the call. Amen. It's the call. Amen. And these types of things are going to go out and they're going to go out and they're going to go out until when? Until you begin to grab a hold of it and start yielding yourself unto it. Amen. Hmm? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, how is the church going to bring in this harvest? How are we going to bring in this harvest? Amen. And we're dressed up with the lipstick of the world, wearing its mascara. To where most of the world can't tell the difference between us and the world outside of there. I'm telling you, most Christians can't even tell the difference. And that's why you've seen in the last five, five years, I guess it's probably been, uh, uh, Jason and I have been talking about this. I mean, that's why you've seen masses of leaders, worship leaders, ministers, you know, people in congregations, churches getting depleted, turning apostate, walking away from the things of God. Why? Because they all, they're all part of something that had a form of godliness, but it denied the power thereof. Amen. They all had a form of godliness that these things weren't real. Unto them. So what they do? They turn, turn, turned around and began to serve the world again. Began to serve the adversary again. I'm telling you, these things can't be. How are we going? How can you change a city if you're going to be just like the city? How are you going to change a nation if you're just like the nation? I'm going to tell you, you can't. You won't. You never will. You never will. I mean, I'm not saying we're not saved. I'm not saying that the church we're not filled with the Holy Ghost. But I, what I am saying is we are missing one key element in the church. I mean, there is one key element we are missing that gives us permission, amen, to be these world changers and history makers that God's called us to be. You say, what is that? That's the authority that Jesus has given us. The authority in Christ, the authority of the believer. So I've been praying. I've been asking the Lord. I said, Lord, what, what do you desire for us to, to move into? We just got done with our series. What do you want me to preach this week? What, and if it's going to be the weeks to come, what, what do you want us to talk about? What, what do we need to reveal unto the church? And there's this one word that keeps on stirring up in my spirit, and it's authority. It's authority. It's authority. It's authority, not, not the authority of a minister, but the authority of us as believers, amen? The authority that Jesus has purchased for each and every one of us, amen? You say, why is that? Because see, if you don't understand the authority that Jesus has purchased for you, that he has given to you, that he's placed within you, listen, you're going you're gonna to continue to be manipulated by the adversary. You're going to continue to get your bottom spanked by the adversary anytime he chooses to do it. Amen. You're going to continue, amen, to, to have himself uh, controlling you, having the darkness, the kingdom of darkness control you when each and every one of these things ought to be underneath our feet. Amen. Oh, I better get an amen than that. Come on now, church. Amen. So where are we going to go here?
let's go here. Let's, I mean, you can't, you can't begin talking about authority and not go to Ephesians chapter six or chapter one, excuse me. So let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about a little bit of authority, the authority that the Lord has placed upon us. Amen. Let's lay, lay a little bit of foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, this prayer that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus, along with chapter 3, along with Colossians, Philippians. I mean, I can go on down the list. These are, these are prayers. These are, these are confessions, amen, that I pray over myself, that I pray over my family, that I pray over the church, amen, almost daily. Amen. Why? Because they've absolutely changed my life. Amen. When they drop down and become a revelation, listen, church, I'm telling you, it will change your life as well. Here in verse 17, he says, uh, uh, well, I'll start here in 16. It says, I cease not to give thanks unto you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Amen. See, this, this is that, that eye-opening experience. Amen. See, we as a church would do a lot better if we, if we had come to that place where we had recognized that we don't know as much as we think we know. I mean, we don't have all the knowledge and the wisdom and the revelation of him that we think we have or, or this facade that we try to put on uh, around other people. I mean, because I'm telling you, people, you know, you want to meet them and they want to tell you how, how spiritual they are. They want to tell you what kind of Bible school they graduated from. I can care less what Bible school you went from. I don't care what, how big of the preacher was that you sat underneath. Amen. Because why? Because revelation, wisdom, and the knowledge of him comes from who? Yeah. It comes from him. Yeah. Amen. It comes from the Lord. It comes from being pressed in, seeking out him. Listen, church, we need to get to that place of humility. Like, like I've talked about, listen, when I, first, when I first got saved, I think Brother Adrian taught on this a couple weeks ago. Amen. We need to be teachable in the things of God. Amen. We need to have spiritual ears open to hear. Amen. See, see, I wasn't very teachable when I first got saved. I mean, I knew everything. I was a know-it-all. Amen. But see, about 10 years later, when I stepped on into ministry, I found out, man, I don't know that much. Amen. Why? Because I'm around a lot of ministers that know a whole lot more than I do. Amen. But I knew a whole lot more than when I first got saved. Amen. And I find myself 10 years later, pastoring, we got two churches now, and I'm, I'm telling you, and you know what I found out? I don't know a whole lot. Amen. I know a lot more than I did 10 years ago. I may even know a little bit more than some of you in here, but I'm telling you, I don't know much. Why? Because every time I get into the word of God, he begins to reveal something. Amen. Scripture I may have read a thousand times. He says, ha, you thought you know that? Let me just unfold that into your spirit. And he reveals something deeper on the inside of us. But listen, this comes from being teachable. It comes from being humble. I mean, allowing the Lord to minister unto us. It says here in verse 18, it says that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we might know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is his exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and mind dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world that is to come. And he has set all things underneath his feet. He has given him to be head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all in all. The fullness of him that fills all in all. Here in verse 19, I want to I bring, bring something out to you before we start talking a little bit about authority. Amen. Because there's, there's something we need to understand here on regards to the power. Amen. Before we can, we can understand the authority. Here in verse 19, listen, well, there's three different, there's three different words here in the Greek. 
There's three different words in the English version of the King James. I don't know what version you guys are reading out there. Maybe y'all's is interpreted correctly, amen? But in the King James, it uses power three times, but it's three different Greek words. Amen, three different Greek words, meaning three different things. And here in verse 19, it says, And what is his exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, amen. Are there any believers in here? If there's believers in here, amen, then he has put a power on the inside of you. I like how the Amplified says this. It says that he may grant you, excuse me, wrong verse. It says that, uh, that what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. What is his power in us? And for us, I'm telling you, that's powerful. Amen. See, if we believe he has a power that he has planted, an innate power that he's planted on the inside of you in each and every one of us for us to operate in. Amen. Now, this word for power here is the Greek word dunamis. Amen. Dunamis is defined from the Greek lexicon as power, might, strength, efficacy, the the ability to produce a, a desired result. Amen. So we can achieve and perform the things that he has called us to do. Amen? By a power that's placed on the inside of us. But listen, this power here, it is a, as I would describe it, it is a supernatural, it is a explosive power that works in us and through us, right? To do what? Anything that he's led you, anything that he's asked you to do, anything he's spoken to you to do, he's given you that power to do it. You say, what is that? That's that power, that's that anointing, that's that Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. It's that power that can raise the dead. It is the power that can heal the sick. It's that power that can bring revelation and prophesy, speak in tongues. It can help people get saved. It's that power that can reveal Jesus. Amen? It's that power, it's that, that supernatural explosive power. Now, this supernatural explosive power is where we get the English word dynamite, dunamis. We get from the root word dunamis, we get the, the word dynamite from it. Now, this is an innate, excuse me, power that has been placed on the inside of us. I like to describe it like this. It's power that we have that, that abides in us by the Holy Spirit, amen? It has to... Uh, It has power with potential. Amen. Dunamis power is a supernatural power, but it is a, a power with potential. I mean, you say, why do I say that? Because see, it has to be under the right conditions before this power can be released. I mean, you say, what is that? See, this, this power has to be placed in something and it has to be ignited by something. See, dynamite's the same way, Right? I mean, see, dynamite has to be placed in something, in something, or and it has to be ignited before it can be to release. See, see, dynamite's powerful, but see, the stick by itself will do you no harm. Amen. It has to be placed in the in the right circumstance for that potential to be released. See, see, you can put a piece of dynamite on the top of a mountain, amen, and, and light it, and it might blow a little bit of a hole there, amen. But see, if you bore a hole in that mountain and put the dynamite on the inside, it'll destroy the mountain. Amen. You can put, see, you can put the dynamite on top of a house, amen, and a little bit of a hole maybe taken off on the roof. But see, if you get underneath that house, it'll make that house crumble down to the ground. Amen. This is dynamite. See, and this is the Holy Ghost. He had to place it on the inside of us. Amen. He encased it on the inside of humans and children, his sons and daughters here on this earth. But listen, it has to be ignited. Amen. See, he's placed it on the inside. See, this is why the church all around the world, they don't walk in power. Amen. It's not because they don't have power. Dunamis power is on the inside of them. They're just not allowing the Holy Ghost to ignite it. 
Amen. See, this, this dunamis power is not something you can wish to happen. It's not something that you can force to happen. It's not something that you can even do on your own. Amen. You have to rely on the spirit of God being submitted unto him. Amen. For this power to be released on the inside of you. Amen. So this brings us me to, to my second power word here. It says that by the seeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, according to the working of his mighty power. Now this, this word power here is the Greek word kratos. Amen, which I love this word, kratos. It is a powerful word. You say, what does this word mean? It means demonstrated power. Amen, it's demonstrated power. Amen, so, so when dunamin, when supernatural explosive power gets lit with a flame, when it gets pushed, put on inside of something and gets lit, amen, and it explodes, what happens? Kratos power is released. Amen, then, then dunamis becomes kratos. Amen. You say, what is that? See, that means when you have a whole stick or you have a whole box full of dynamite. See, see, it has dunamis power. It may be, it may be painted red and have and have a black TNT written on that stick of dynamite. But see, for you to, to for you to know that it's actually dynamite, it has to be kratos. It has to be lit. It has to, you have to see the explosion take place. Amen. Then then it is a demonstrated power. Amen. All of God's power is kratos. Everything that's talked about the power of God, it has always been demonstrated. It is always a Kratos power, amen? The Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, is saying, listen, I've, I've placed this dunamis power in here. I've demonstrated power here on this earth. Why? So you can begin to walk in it. Amen? So you can learn how to walk in it. So you can learn how to yield to it and walk in it. Why? Because the Lord didn't just, the Lord didn't just make you a Christian and then put a label on your forehead that says, I'm a Christian full of power, devil, leave me alone. Amen? See, see that would do nothing. Amen? But see, that's what most of the church wants to walk around thinking, right? Oh, I'm just a Christian. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. So, you know, God's going to take care of me. That, that, that's, not, that's not what he did. Amen? He put a supernatural power on the inside of you and for what? For you to explode on someone. I mean, for you to explode on the adversary to where you can, you can turn the dunamis power that's on the inside of you into a demonstrated kratos power and start changing your city, start changing your family, start changing the nation. Amen. Why? Because Jesus has already demonstrated it. You say, where have these things been demonstrated? It's been demonstrated throughout the whole word. It was demonstrated all throughout the Old Testament. It was demonstrated for the three and a half years Jesus had ministry here on this earth. It was demonstrated to the 500 that he visited after the resurrection. It was demonstrated throughout the whole book of Acts. It's being demonstrated throughout the world right now, just not in the Western world. Why? Because we're spoiled little brats and we think we know everything. Amen. I'm telling you, power is being released throughout this world. Just, it's just having a hard time in the Western church. Amen. Revival is breaking loose throughout the world, but it's having a hard time in the Western church. Amen. I have some, I have some people that minister that have some friends that minister over in the Middle East. Amen. They say, they say that they, they say there's about 19,000 Muslims a day getting converted. They say one of the biggest revivals in the world is in Iran right now, and it's coming through women. Amen. Why? Because they, they got a taste of power. They got a taste of this. They, they noticed Kratos power coming through some Christian. They said, I want that. That's real. Only God could do those things. And they started seeking after him. I'm telling you, Jesus is waking up people in the middle of the night over in the Middle East, revealing himself and saying, you're seeking after me. Here I am. You're king. 
your Lord. 19,000 a day getting reborn. How many, how many people have gotten reborn over here? And how many people have gotten reborn in Ireland this week? This year? Hmm? I'm telling you, church. It's time for a little power to be expressed through us. Amen? The dinner bell. Amen to salvation. It can be his power. Glory to God. All right, now let me, let me see if I can't finish up here. He says, and what is his exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and power and might and dominion in every name that is named. He says that he has placed Jesus at his right hand. Anyone you know what, it, that the, what the seat of the right hand or the place of the right hand is? It's the place of authority. I mean, the kings would always set the person of authority next to him on the right-hand side. And this is what the Father is revealing here. He has set Jesus. Not going to set Jesus. Jesus is already sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen. This is where he says in Matthew 28, 18, he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And you know what the very next verse says? Go, therefore. I mean, this is when he was giving us the, the great commission. He said, listen, I have all authority in heaven. I have all authority here on earth. Now you, as my disciples, you, as my apostles, you, as my, as the kingdom of God that I place on the inside of you, I'm telling you to go. Why? Because you're going to go in my authority. Amen. You're going to go in the authority that I have. Why? Because he is the head of the church, as verse 22 says. He is, the head of the, he is the head of the church. Now, if the head of the church, if our pastor, if the head, our, you know, the head of the body says, listen, you go out into the world and operate in my authority. You go heal the sick. You go raise the dead. You go cleanse lepers. You go cast out devils. If our, if our God, if our king, if the one that's in authority over us is saying, I've given you authority to do these, why aren't we doing these things? I'm convinced, church, that we trust more in Satan and what he's doing and we do him what Jesus said that we could do. Hmm? Because see, if we, if, we, if we actually trusted that Jesus was truthful in his word, that Jesus wasn't lying to us, I'm telling you, we'd be bold enough to actually believe it and begin to act upon it. You know, faith without works is dead. So what do we believe in? What do we believe in? Ooh, what do we believe in, church? Hallelujah. So does Jesus just have authority over the church? Does this have just authority over us? He says he has power. He's been sitting at the right hand of God, far above principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name that is named. Far above all principalities and powers. This word principality, it's talking about spiritual and physical rulers, but typically in the Greek it's referencing natural rulers here on this earth. I mean, it says power here. It says that Greek word exousia. That's our third word for power. It means authority. He's saying over anyone and anything that has authority, Jesus has been set above them. I mean, anyone that has anything that has might. Amen. What is that word might? That's that Greek word dunamis again. It's that word power. Anything that has power here on this earth or here in the heavenlies. Listen, he says, he says I, I got greater supernatural power. I've been, he has been set above those things. You say, what does that mean? He's been set over anything, any dark magic. I mean, he's been set over any, any power, supernatural power that the adversary has. I mean, I mean, I know that the dark, the dark side, if you will, it, they have power. 
I mean, there is power in the dark side. But see, it's just inferior to his power. I mean, see, see Jesus revealed this into us. How many, how many of y'all know that everything in the word is Christocentric? It's all revealing Jesus. Amen. So, so when Moses went in, in front of Pharaoh, you know, and, he, and he's, he threw down his staff and it turned into a snake. And then the, the dark magicians, the, the dark ones that were serving the adversary, they said, you know what? They threw down their staffs too and they became snakes. Amen. Everyone's like, whoa, wow, they got the same kind of power. You know what happened? Moses' snake ate theirs. Why? Because, because they had to submit unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They had to submit unto the power. Why? Because Jesus has been exalted. Our Father, His supernatural power is over everything that's out there. He is that good. He is that real. I mean, it says every, by every power, by might, by dominion, this is the celestial rulers. He's been seated far above them and everything that has a name. This is that Greek word onama. And it means everything that has a name or has got a name from a, from a reputation. Amen. I'm telling you, that, that word gets me excited. Why? Because Jesus has been placed over anything that has a name. I'm telling you, cancer, it has a name. Jesus has been set above it. I mean, COVID-19, it has a name. I mean, and Jesus, he's been set above it. I mean, I'm telling you, every storm that gets named out there, it has a name. And Jesus has been set above it. You say, well, praise God, that's amazing. I'm thankful Jesus has been set about above all these things. What about us? Well, let's not stop reading there. In verse 22, it says, and he has put all things underneath his feet. He has given him to be head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Amen. What's the church? It's his body. I mean, are you part of his body? All things have been placed underneath his feet. Are feet part of the body? Oh, come on, church. Are feet part of the body? I mean, I'm telling you, so what is Jesus revealing us to? The Holy Ghost is saying, listen, it's not just placed underneath the feet of Jesus. I place them underneath your feet. I place all the principalities underneath your feet. I place anything that has a name underneath your feet. I place anything that has might, anything that the adversary would have, any his supernatural power. I place it underneath your feet. Why? Because he has conquered all these things. It's been placed underneath his feet. You are the church. It says, oh, uh, you are the church. His body, the fullness of him. Oh, come on, church. You are the fullness of him that fills all in all. Oh, come on. This ought to be getting us excited. We ought to jump up and down. Glory to God. We have all things underneath these feet. John, underneath that foot is all darkness. It has no power over you. We are the fullness of Christ. We are his body. Whoo, church, it's time to start acting about it. Time to start acting on it. Start allowing his fullness to come through us. I'm telling you, church, you, you have a lot more power and you have a lot more authority than any of us, any, including myself, than what we've tapped into. I'm telling you, we're going to spend a little bit of time here, maybe for a week, maybe two, I don't know, whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this, about what authority is and what Jesus has purchased for us. Amen. So we can begin to... We can then not just be called the glorious church. We'll begin to act like it. We'll begin to be it. See, this is why Jesus came back in Matthew 28 and said, you know what? Oh, I have all authority. I have it. Now you go. Why? Because see, his disciples had to know they had it. I mean, he, 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 listen, Jesus is saying, listen, you can go because, because I'm giving it to you. I'm your head and I'm commanding you go. You cast out devils. 
You go, you go flip up Jerusalem upside down. You go to the four corners of this world, and I mean, you absolutely change it. You heal the sick. I'm not going to heal them. I place it inside of you. You go heal the sick. You lay hands on them. You speak in new tongues, but they had to know they could do it. Amen. So we're going to talk about authority. We're going to talk a little bit about power. Amen. Why? So we, so we can see the permission that Jesus has given us as his church. Amen. We can go out and we start wrecking this place. Amen. Start wrecking these cities. Amen. Start bringing revival unto this land. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord. What a privilege. You say we are the fullness of you. We are your body. Lord, we, man, we quit just looking at that like that means nothing, that that's just something little, that that's just some words in a book, Lord. But you have called us your body. Glory to God. You have placed all things underneath our feet as well as yours. Whew, give us a boldness, Lord, to trust your word. May we trust you, have faith in you more than we have faith and circumstances, faith in what the adversary is doing, faith in sickness, faith in disease. But we may have faith in dunamis power because of your kratos demonstration and the exousia that you've placed upon each and every one of us. We thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. And as is the tradition of Island Church, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We stand on Psalms 91. That no evil will fall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place, Lord. For you give your angels charge of us to keep us in all of our ways. At least they, they bear us up in their hands. At least we dash our foot against the stone. Lord, you said we'll tread on the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon. We'll trample underneath our feet. Why? Because you are that good. Or we're people that dwell in the secret place. We're hunting for the secret place. We're living, we're abiding in the secret place of the Most High. We will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We thank you for, Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for our protection. As we drive down the motorways, the railways, the seaways, the airways, the walkways, or any means of transportation, we are protected. No wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself can and shall come against us. Why? Because we have authority over him. We decree and declare your word right now in Jesus' name that we are protected, and we thank you for it. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, that here at Island Church, we are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the heart of the city on number 20A Queen Street, and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk. 